0: Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Here's Pastor Ryan.
1: Together of men. The knitting together between King David and Jonathan. That doesn't just happen. It's a God thing. It's God that drove me to want to be knitted. It's a self thing that drives me not to want to be knitted to anybody. So many people have fathered me in many ways over the years. And I wouldn't change a thing. I would go through all of that madness again just to to know Christ the way I know now. Anyways, so know who you are. Am I an apostle? Paul would say. He saw Christ, which is the prerequisite of being an apostle. Did you know that? Apostle means sent one. So many uh, people like to say, well, I've been sent, so I'm an apostle. Quit it. You're not an apostle because you haven't seen Jesus. Quit it. (laughs) Why can't you just be a deacon? You have to be an apostle. Quit it. You haven't seen the resurrected Lord yet? You haven't seen him. So stop. So, but what he says is that it's beautiful. The proof of his apostleship is that he saw the Lord, number one. Number two is they themselves. He planted that church in Corinth. They themselves, the fruit of their life. Corinth had a bunch of problems, but yet they were they, they were fruitful as well. They had The fruits of the spirit going on, or the works of the spirit, or the gifts of the spirit, sorry, going on. There was a lot of good things going on. He was blessed by the church that he planted, but he's saying, you are my seal. You are my apostle. You are the proof of my apostle calling of apostleship or whatever. And so, you guys are also my seal. Did you know that? that I'm a pastor. Sometimes people ask, how do I know I've been saved? Well, you love God? Yes. You love others? Yes. That's a sign you're saved. Amen. But also, how do I know if I'm a pastor? You're my seal. And I'm so blessed that you are. In the early days, it was harder when we were small and people would come and go and say, eh, who knows if God will do something with this guy. Some, some had faith, some didn't. And I don't blame the ones who didn't. I wasn't too good of a pastor and still learning now, but sometimes I'll look at the works of the Lord. Not sometimes, but oftentimes to affirm my calling. The enemy wants us to believe we're not called, and if he can lie to you and get you to doubt your calling, you ain't preaching to nobody. To nobody, so it is part of my constant battle of like I'm called, I'm called. I looked at uh, and this is what Peter said in 2nd Peter chapter 1, verse 10 Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things you will never stumble. Be diligent to make your call and election sure. Like I I read the word and my confidence grows. Like I read the word and I'm or I pray and I read the word and it's just like I know who I am. Um Isaiah 43 verse 1. It says uh thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name, and you are mine. You're his. Know who you are. You're royalty. You're an heir with Christ if you'll suffer with them. What do you mean, if you'll suffer with them? Do his work, and you'll know what I mean. Get busy about not just hearing the messages, but serve. Show up here 15 minutes early. See who you can pray with. Stay a half hour late, like Pastor Andre said. See who you can minister to. Look at the bulletin and say, "Man, I gotta, I gotta pick this. I gotta pick that." Yesterday we talked with the men. We, we're all pretty much organized dudes, right? Grab your organ, your your calendar, and say, "All right, in these two weeks, half of the month, who you have in your house for dinner?" Oh, nobody again. Okay, in the next two weeks, oh, nobody again. All right, a whole year. Nobody from church you've invited to your house. Whose house is that? Oh, it's the Lord's house. Can't you see the scripture? Listen, he wants people in that, in your house that he gave you for dinner. Don't invite me. Everyone invites me. (laughs) You can invite me. I'll go over. But there's other people. Jesus said, when you have a dinner, not if, when. Invite the lame, the maimed, those who can't pay you back. You know what I'm saying? Who in the church can use a good meal and fellowship? Right? I just told you about the steak I eat. <laughs> Someone else must need a steak, Alexander. Grab your calendar. Show God you're grateful for that pad you have and that refrigerator and all that food you have. And Get somebody over there. Get one of those youngsters in the youth group, over to your pad. That's, you know, mission field's right here. You don't even got to leave the parking lot. It's right here. That's being a spiritual dad. So, um, verse 3, my defense. My defense to those who examine me is this. Do we have no right to eat and drink? Do we have no right to take along a believing wife? as do also the other apostles, the brothers of the Lord, and Cephas. That's a really good verses for our Catholic friends. We need to understand, right, that it's okay for ministers to have wives, for priests to have wives. And it is wrong to ban good, godly men who want to serve in the church to be married. It's wrong to ban them from getting married. That's why they're in the mess they're in. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how to say this politely, but I can tell when I see maybe interviews of priests or nuns that they're not. That they're gay, in other words. You know? That they're gay. Um, it becomes this drawing in for that crowd. And uh, this is the nicest way I can say it. But these are great verses to share because they most likely haven't heard these guys. You know, that that the Lord had brothers and sisters, that Joseph and Mary had, had children afterwards. You know, she's not co-redemptress. She's not, you know, um, without sin. And she wasn't a perpetual virgin. All right? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working? It's a change here. Now he's talking about working. Is it Barnabas and I are the only ones... Who who aren't allowed to refrain from working? Who ever goes to war at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit? Or who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk of the flock? And so he's talking about them being, him being maintained financially by the church at Corinth. That's what he's saying here. there's There's no twisting, nothing. He's saying, You know, am I the one, am I the only one who has no right to like refrain from work? He's cared for them spiritually. He planted the church and he's saying this to them and he he's giving them an example of the natural world. If someone plants a vineyard, do they not eat the fruit from it? If a soldier goes to war, does he go in his own expense? Like he pays for his own ammo, his own? No, everyone else pays for that, who he's fighting for. And then also the farmer or the, Uh, those who have uh, care for the flocks, cannot they not drink of the milk? Of course they can. In the natural world, it's only natural for people to be reimbursed for their work. There's a a word, uh, it's uh, a, remunerate, remunerate, right? Remunerate, which means just that. Remunerate, remunerate, it's a $5 term. Listen, I'm not trying to be fancy. I'm just saying it's a cool word, and it means that someone should get paid for the work that they do. That's the, It's the law of remunerate or whatever. It's, the, it's, it's natural. Everyone gets paid for what they do. And then he goes on to say, do I say these things as a mere man or does not the law say the same also? And so when he says, do I say this as a mere man? He's really calling their attention to God. This is a law of God that you give back to those who work. Do I say to those, thing, those things as a mere man? Or does not the law say the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is it oxen God is concerned about? Or does he say it all together for our sakes? For our sakes no doubt this is written that he who ploughs should plough in hope and he who threshes in hope should be partaker of his of his hope. You know God does care for the animals. God does say be kind to your animals. Christians should not be unkind to their animals. You know I really do test my christianity but by, by how I don't kick my cat. It's proof that I walk in the spirit. Because sometimes Rudy would just keep on meowing. <laughs> and, you know, it just gets to me after a while. I'm sorry I'm human. And uh, Tozer's pretty easy. My dog's cool. He can do no wrong. Anyways, I digress. We are to be kind to our animals. God does care. An ox, if if, if an animal is working to plowing and... and now sure, he can eat the grain, the corn that's there. He can eat it. It's not cool to see an animal do all that work and not. But but Paul is seen. But that goes for humans that much more because God loves us how much more than animals. He says, if we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? If others are partakers of this right over you, are we not? even the more. There were apostles, perhaps, preachers, perhaps, that they were already taking care of them financially. Some believe perhaps it was Peter. The church was taking care of them. Paul's saying, shouldn't we get taken care of? More so since, like, because he planted the church, right? And so it was really just good words that he's saying here. But, um, The key thing here that he says is if we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing to to receive carnal things from you? How big are the things that the spiritual things that Paul has ministered to them? Can you put a price tag on that? The gospel message, can we put a price tag on that? What does it mean to us? I was going to hell. Now I'm not. My marriage was going to fall apart. Now it's not. All of us can say this was this and this and this. And then God intervened and God intervened. And, and, and then, and, and so what is that worth now? What is that worth? Giving to the Lord financially to care for the ministers is small potatoes, period, in comparison to what we receive. From our ministers. In God's estimation. We're dealing with eternal benefits here. Versus what? A stake? <laughs> if we have sown spiritual things for you. Is it a great thing if we reap your material things? If others are partakers of this right over you. Are we not even more? Nevertheless we have not used this right. Right? But endure all things, lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who minister the holy things eat of the things of the temple, and those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar? Even so the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live by the gospel or from the gospel. And so Paul is saying here, he gives a natural example. In the real world, people get paid. Then he goes into the law. The law itself says, do not muzzle an ox right? And then he gets into the priests. that the priest, as they were to do the offerings, the animal uh, sacrifices unto the Lord, they would keep a portion of that meat for themselves to eat. They would be able to eat of the showbread as they ministered to the people. So he's giving all of these examples, but the heaviest example of all is what Jesus himself, he says, and and. Even so, the Lord has commanded. The weightiest example is the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. And you know that he told the disciples, don't take any money from you, and you're going to watch how people take care of you. Live by the gospel. Where Paul is getting at is, don't, don't have a bad attitude about giving to God. Don't have a bad attitude about caring for the minister, your minister. Minister is plural. Don't have a, why, why do it grudgingly? What you receive cannot be compared to what you give. It's, there's no comparison. There's no match. It's like ocean in comparison to 10% or whatever you give. So don't do it grudgingly. Do it as I've been blessed here. If this is your church, then I will give here in order to uh, take care of the minister. Not so that he's rich and has mansions. You guys have come to my house. It was only about $280,000 home I live in when the prices were low. It looks like a mansion. It is my mansion. But it was cheap. Shoot. Shoot. I remember preaching in our home Bible studies before the church was birth. And my pastor would send the U-Turn for Christ guys to our home, the home Bible study. He would also send them with food. That's how great we were doing financially. He'd send us chicken. We've come a long way, right? Like Paul says, I, nevertheless, we have not used this right but endure all things lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. I speak freely about the money when we talk about it, when we hit it in Scripture. I have no beef. Why? Because I just told you. I did it for nothing. I did it for nothing, for years. Nothing. In fact, I only went full-time three years ago. Church has been around 14 years. And a home Bible study four to five years before that. I just went full-time, guys. I say that to your blessing, or I might say that to your shame. I don't know. They say 20% of, of churches, it's 20% of, or not, not 20%. Church. In churches, 20% of the people give and the rest do not. They say 20% do all the serving and the rest do not. I don't know who gives. And we're doing fine. We are blessed here. However, like I said in first service, man, I, I love to break down walls and I love to prove these statistics wrong. If you pray and I pray, we can raise that to 90%. If we double it, where it's only just 40% who give, we can have about four to five guys on staff the next day. But we don't. So pray. Right? Pray. The Lord's Words are the most weightiest. What did he say? Give and it shall be given to you. He says the, the, the measure you use will be measured back to you. Right? That's what he said, right? So the measure you use, right? So I had an example. So here's the scale. Let's say we, we don't give anything. The scale goes like that. This is what you should expect. If Jesus' words matter to you, I could never get out of financial problems until I went weeping and crying to the Lord. Okay, okay, here's my last 40 bucks. You're mean to me. I'm starving. No, Ryan, you're not starving. You need to trust me. Remember the widow? She gave all of her life. She was poor. Way poorer than you, Ryan. So stop your whining. In fact, I want you to give it with a cheerful heart. Try that. <laughs> well, then, you know, tires lasted longer. The alignment didn't go out on the car all the time like it used to. Got the job. Didn't even know what I was doing. Yeah, you know. And I, got, I promoted in Caltrans so fast, it's, um, it's, it's crazy. God privilege, God privilege. Man, I just, boom, boom, six months, you know, he starts teaching as you learn to do with less, struggle, be frugal. And I'm not, no matter if it hurts, we're gonna give it. We're gonna obey if it hurts. What can we do with, with four staff members, five staff members, twiddling their thumbs here during the day? We we tear the city apart for the Lord. Think about that, and be able to minister a lot more efficiently. Anyways, well, in there, I think. No, let me explain why he didn't he didn't use it, and then we'll we'll finish. Look at what he says here, in verse uh, 15. But I have used none of these things, nor have I written these things, that it should be done so to me. So he didn't want them to give him money. That's not why he's saying it. He said, I didn't use these things, even though it's my right. For it would be better for me to die than that sh- that anyone should should make my boasting void. For if I preach the gospel, I have... Nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, I have been entrusted with a stewardship. What is my reward then? If it's not money, if he's not getting money, what is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. He didn't want them to care for his the maintenance of his life because in Corinth, it was common for the philosophers, for the teachers to go around giving lectures for money. So the church, some in the church who were hating on him, says he's just like the other lecturers who go around, the teachers, the philosophers, and they charge all this money to speak to people. Paul's no different. And because he knew that about Corinth, he said, no, thank you. I'd rather die than to receive. Because his heart is about souls again. We talked about the previous chapter where he's not going to eat meat because you know, he's not, a, he's not about fighting for his right to eat. He's fighting for his right. He's not fighting for his right to eat. He wants people to get saved. So he doesn't want to make the church stumble, so he's not asking them for money. But he did receive it from Galatians, the Galatians and everybody else took care of him. Amen? 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 All right. Father, we thank you for your grace, your love, and your mercy. I thank you so much for the fathers in the room. and you bless and strengthen all of us to teach our children, Lord, the ways of you, God. That is the best thing that we can give. The best inheritance for our children is that we raise them in your ways. And that, Lord, we love them and have fun with them and enjoy them. For they're only this little or at this age for a short time. We just pray for the hurting hearts here today that you would comfort. And while all heads are bowed, if you're here this morning and God has spoken to your heart and you want to get right with God, you have not gotten right with Him. You have not declared your allegiance to Him. I believe He is calling you to raise your hand, to stand to your feet and declare that you will follow Him. Jesus called many people to stand up. He called the, the man at the pool of, the, of Bethesda to get up, to take up his bed and to walk. He, took the, he told the man with the withered hand, extend your hand. So God might be speaking to your heart this morning for you to give him your life, to stop fighting him and stop living for yourself. It's time to live for God. He's coming to judge, and you want to be on the right side of that judgment.
0: Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweetheels.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Please.